Welcome to the latest edition of the Team Turnbuckle Podcast, IB Sports Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, reigning defending, Chief Keith Fleming. With me, as always, the ravishing one. Actually, I'm going to start calling you Ron L. Mini Belts, Tinsley, and Sam the Shooter Howe. What's going on, guys? Um, I'm working on photoshopping a picture of late 90s Ultima Dragon with all those belts. So it's uh, for Ron L. <laughs> oh, thank you. As I sit here, you know, mo- only moments ago, I just got finished showing them my uh, my newest beauties. But as you can tell, uh, you know, life is pretty good when there's just something I love about when having all these, gold. all these pounds of gold around me. <laughs> and now you know how Triple H feels. So why do you think he always booked himself as champion? <laughs> Or Charlotte. Oh, that's that's it. Well, that's not the. I'm not the head of any major corporation that you know has a fan yes. base like that. All right. Yeah. So we have not gotten together, and I guess almost two weeks. We apologize. Couldn't get the schedules to sync up, but we're going to get right into it with off the top. A report came out this week that Daniel Bryan was not originally planned to be in the main event at WrestleMania. It was going to be Edge versus Reigns. Um, They changed it last minute. People are speculating on why. Some people are saying that it was a, you know, obviously they're using Brian because they knew he was leaving uh, to help put Reigns over. Other was saying that it was a way to try to convince him to stay, which if that's true, it just shows WWE doesn't know what, you know, Brian was after because that's not what he was looking for is a higher spot on the card. Uh, But Brian commented on feeling out of place in that match. And I had missed this. This was a couple of weeks ago, but I didn't want to go over it. He said, it was really bizarre. It's taken me time to fully process what the experience was like because it wasn't like a normal thing. I I felt very out of body in it. When I'm wrestling, I feel everything. I feel like I'm enjoying it. This was weird. I was out there and it felt like I was detached. It was so strange that before the match started, I got this strange feeling like, oh no, is this what it's like before you die? Am I going to die? Huh? Well, okay. I don't know why or how it happened, but it was unlike anything I felt while wrestling. What do you, I mean, A, did they get it right by including him on his way out in that match? I think the answer is yes. And then B, why do you think it was so weird? Um, if you may mind me going first, Sam, because I'm sure that you're going to have a lot more thoughts on this, but looking back on that and this especially looking at his current body of work. Now that I'm getting to see what Daniel Bryan or better yet, Bryan Danielson, the American dragon, once he's uh, let off his chains supposedly is like, I am absolutely loving this. I can am getting a better understanding as to why Sammy tends to mark out for him. And after hearing this report, I can actually see when you think about this match in comparison to the matches that he's putting on now, the ones that he was putting on before he even was plugged into that feud, was putting on better quality matches. So I, I can kind of understand. Sam. I thought that some of it was that he knew that things were going to coming to an end. I think he knew it was his last WrestleMania. I think that also, if you think about it, they've not been in front of fans for so long that he had to be like, I, I feel like that's some of it. I, I just, that was more what I took from it than anything. 
That would make a lot of sense. It's not like him to to trash anybody. This is not Brian Danielson. So I, I didn't think that it was, you know, his way of saying anything about the quality of the match or how his relationship with WWE was. I was just curious to get your guys' opinion on it. Uh, and it was interesting to see that, as usual, WWE kind of flying by the seat of its pants. You would think the one main event all year that would be well thought out and planned and, you know, you go in one straight line would be the WrestleMania one, but it just shows with anything that they they will make changes. Um, on Monday, last night, KO, Kevin Owens, back in the main event scene on, Rus- or excuse me, on Monday Night Raw, but he got the internet talking with his promo. He said it might be for three more months or three more years. That doesn't matter. What matters is every single time I'm on Raw, you can believe I will do everything I can to give the WWE universe something to remember, which obviously we know he is not lying. If you saw the ladder man match uh, from the week before the bump he took was one of the scariest, craziest bumps I've ever seen, not on a pay-per-view. But the reason this got the internet talking is Owen's contract up is in exactly three months. So the fact that it might be for three more months or three more years is he hinting at going to AEW? I mean, or is this basically a done deal at this point? I saw it more as him just acknowledging. I, I, I thought acknowledging the rumors and teasing them. And I think that it, it gives it a depth of realism. I don't think that I, I wouldn't read too much into it. I don't think that Vince would allow it on there. I think we would have heard that he was punished if it was hey, he's not supposed to be doing that. That that was my Yeah, opinion. I didn't want to say anything in terms of this promo meaning anything, at least not more than anything that we've seen uh, in terms of him changing his bio on uh, Twitter, so to speak, or anything like that. I think this was just Kevin Owens just coming out and just doing what he really just continues to do and no matter what job you've given him over the last few years he's just going to go out there and just deliver his best work i actually think you could argue he would be one of like maybe the biggest guy that they would let go that they shouldn't have i mean obviously brian danielson would be number one on that list but that that was just that was happening uh ko has been underrated mvp of WWE for years. Uh, He consistently has entertaining feuds. He's one of the few guys that doesn't have to have title feuds uh, to make him entertaining. I can, I can think of several, you know, matches that he's had with people, Seth Rollins going back to the mania match a couple of years ago. Uh, He doesn't have to have the title. And he also seems to make title matches seem important. He doesn't exactly have the greatest win loss record, uh, but he just continues to stay relevant. So I, I hope they keep him, but I mean, he would look like a monster on AEW. I, I remember when he first showed up to NXT and he was power bombing everybody. Uh, and he, you know, I was like, God, Kevin Owens is huge. Then obviously he gets the main roster. Okay, maybe he's not huge, but he's a big guy. Uh, I think in AEW he would look just enormous. Um, yeah, as a 270 guy, absolutely. So, think- John, oh, go ahead, Sam. I'm sorry. I, I think that letting him go. I- I think one thing to consider is that he might not, that, that like Brian Danison, they might not have a choice. He might just go. He might just think it's a better option 
in AEW than spinning his wheels. But that's where I think that he may have some leverage and get some guarantees. You know, I mean, that's part of the contract signing, right? A title run or, you know, whatever. CM Punk famously, uh, I don't think he would have gotten the year title run that he did, uh, you know, without really having, you know, holding his contract up to the last hour. And obviously he caught fire too, which helped. But uh, John Moxley's autobiography was released this week. There's already been some fascinating quotes uh, that have came out. His one about Ryback was my absolute favorite. Google that if you get a chance. Uh, Brian Danielson is already on the record saying it was the greatest wrestling book he's ever read, uh, which that definitely uh, piqued my interest. But I do want to read this one passage that was released that Moxley said talking about WWE. He said, I had nothing even close to heat. I was once the most popular performer in all of WWE. That's a stretch. And I was lost in the ring in front of confused or apathetic audiences. I was effing dead in the water. A dog to be taken out back and shot, and I knew it. I was fully aware of it through every show and every excruciating second. My objections went ignored or refuted, like that movie where the guy is still awake but paralyzed during open-heart surgery. If you sat through any of the segments on TV during this time frame, you know what I'm talking about, unless you blocked it from your memory. If you thought you were confused, imagine what it was like being me. Shit, at least you had a remote control. I couldn't just turn the channel on my life. I was in living hell. Gee, it's fun reminiscing. I wasn't just depressed. I was angry. It's not like I don't like money. I don't want things to be this way. Why do they have to make it impossible? Why does everything have to be so effing stupid? They're really going to make me walk away from all this money, aren't they? They can't just write one good angle. Let me cut one good effing promo. Fuck. I can't believe it's come to this. There was a time I thought I'd be a lifer with WWE, but this whole place has gone effing mad. And I feel like I'm the only one who can see it. Bunch of MFers just play violins while the ship sinks and Vince continues to lose his mind. Fuck them. I'm just going to go to Japan or something. I tell Renee while sipping on my third stiff drink. I'm telling you, April 13th, I'm effing done. I have been talking about leaving for months and my mind was made up long ago. But when I was in a bad mood or three drinks in, I would feel the need to reaffirm it for some reason. As I suspected, she didn't believe me. Six months, I'm gone. Five months, I'm out of here. I'm telling you, and on it went. A, he appears to be a great writer. I don't know if you read the little piece that he did about Brody Lee and the day that he found out about his passing. I uh, did, yes. It I'm was not. really well written. This is, I mean, this is a fun read, and you can feel the frustration. And he was one of those guys, right, that you could see it on his face during some of those segments in the end. I, I would, first of all, great writer where, where just say fuck, dude. Like, he could just say fuck. Um, the other thing is that, yeah, he was absolutely the most popular guy in the country in 2017. Like, go back and watch that match he had with Triple H um, when he won his first title. Like, he was definitely the most popular guy in the company at that point. Um, but the I, I've not read the the book. I'm, I'm going to, but... I, I also think that like just let it go. Like I get that he was not happy there, but just let it go. Like I, I'm kind of tired of hearing him complain about the WWE. Well, you, do, you have to understand that this does come in the context of a book, and I'm sure that there's a lot more to it than this. Isn't going to be just an entire book of him crapping on his time in WWE. That's a fair point. But you know, I'm actually this ha does have me interested in reading it because you know i don't mind hearing the inner workings of 
how someone how someone thinks especially our performers and hearing this yeah he's absolutely true i do remember that where it's like what the hell is he doing like it had him in so many angles and he was on such a losing streak on the way going out like you can tell he was just like yeah okay shoot me it was basically like um in that tom cruise movie when he had to keep keep dying live die repeat basically just yep yeah, come on the shoot. other thing with moxley was is that they had had they were like they had him be goofy where they were instead of like he was a lunatic fringe and there was that whole thing where he like with mitch the plant he had that awful match with jericho and i think it was a hell in a cell it was just not the gas you know, mask i, I think that he was not a shot. good fit. it was bad yeah yeah i mean i'm not defending what the wwe did don't get me wrong he was not a good fit for that for the pg era so the final thing i want to get to before we get to the spurlers of the week and sam i'm going to give you two minutes just two minutes but sadly ring of honor is calling it a uh what, what do people always say it's a goodbye for now and not forever uh but it looks like ring of honor is closing down they're saying they will reopen eventually we'll see about that uh to their credit they're letting everybody out of their contractual obligations correct like there's no holding periods or whatever uh do you and i know it it holds a special place in your heart do you hope this is it for it or do you hope that it gets restarted down the road uh i've yes ring of honor holds a special place in my heart and I really, for a period of, of time that was his past and been about, about a decade gone, I think that the at this point, the the I don't really think it's that altruistic that guy they let guys out of their contracts. Uh, they don't have to pay them is kind of the the reason I mean part of why they did it. I would I would hope that Ring of Honor would open up just because I think that it's always good to have a place for people to work. I think that they've not been great for a while. I think that moving it to Baltimore where Sinclair was headquartered was a mistake. I would like to see that they become, you know, I'd like to see them get back to where they were. It was great wrestling. It was fun to watch. I think that Sinclair is an evil company. (laughs) Uh, I think that Sinclair doesn't even own the most. I think that Sinclair at this point, Running Ring of Honor is starting it makes the most business sense for them because they don't own the most valuable part of Ring of Honor, which is the video library from 2002 to 2011. They own from 2000, they own the last decade, but that really doesn't include the best years of Punk, Dragon, Samoa Joe, uh, just so much talent. Uh, Roderick Strong, which is what is valuable for being purchased i think that ring of honor you know know, i as i said i would love to see it you know come back i would love to see people get paid to work what about wwe they're gonna ring of honor when they buy it kind of like what they did with ecw which i'm I'm almost positive will happen at some oh no they would never they would never do that they would never do that um it's not it it doesn't have the same honestly you know they're yeah I understand that the there's a great deal of importance out there, but from my understanding, there's a lot, lot of really great uh, other companies right now, uh, MLW, 
few GCW, Southern Honor, just a few to kind of name that I know are doing well, and they're actually sending people into, at least into AEW. MLW, my understanding. I thought so. it was. All right, two minutes, boys. We're moving. Uh, on. Or is that a ball? I'm sorry. Uh, we're on. No, it's okay. We're going on a Spurs of the week. Um, Russell on the rise. I hate saying this because Sam's going to get to do a huge victory lap here in a month, but the hangman <laughs> page story has been like a chef's kiss and they got me. I said it a long time ago that I didn't think they were going to be able to pull this off. I thought that they had pushed him down the ladder. I thought that, you know, with Brian and punk and the arrival of Adam Cole and all these guys, there's no way they're going to stick with the plan. There was reports of Tony Khan changing his mind. Uh, you know, he went home for the birth of his son. Uh, and yet that moment on Wednesday as goofy as it was when the young bucks and Omega realize, Oh, wait a minute. That's not our posse and entourage in the Halloween costume. It's Hangman Adam Page. And to see him in there celebrating with the Dark Order, uh, they're, it looks like setting up for exactly what Sam said. I will say that I am a little nervous because he keeps going over in all these situations. And I hope it's not wrestling, you know, one-on-one that we've known forever. And at the last minute, some reason he doesn't get the win because he deserves it. The crowd's white hot for him. I said the other week that Adam Cole was the most over guy in the company. I don't know. Hangman would be right there with him, uh, but he deserves a ton of credit. AEW deserves a ton of credit. And I hope that now that they're this close to the end zone, uh, they run it in there and don't fumble it by, you know, letting Omega go over at full gear. Sam. Go ahead. I will cover uh hangman page in a little, little bit. The, for me, it was, uh, I will not call him. Uh, T-Bone or whatever his stupid fucking name is. It's uh, Dominic Dijakovic. I thought that his match with Damian Priest was the best he's been able to look on the main roster. I thought if you want to get Dominic Dijakovic over, drop the stupid fucking name. Just call him Dijak or Dominic, whatever. You know, however they want to shorten the name, they'll do it. I thought that was a banger of a match. I thought that he is exactly the kind of guy they should be, be highlighting on the main roster. And I was really happy to see it. I really like him. I find his style exciting and I, I just, he and Keith Lee had some bangers and I'm glad to see him getting in there with Damian priest and doing yeah, awesome. And I, to add on to that, I want to say the entirety of Monday night raw this week is my wrestler on the rise because quite honestly, top to bottom. Yeah. You know, there may have been like with the tag team, the women's tag match, you feel how you want to feel or whatever. There's a couple of things you may not like, Personally, I thought that in all for three hours of content, it was a pretty good show. And it was just kind of hard to compete against, you know, again, a Monday night game. And they've already been slipping in the ratings, which I'm going to touch on later. But I thought Monday Night Raw was a pretty good, in my eyes, was a well put together show from top to bottom. And they set things up, at least for the weeks to come. The power of Becky Lynch, Ronnell, don't ever underestimated uh it really does feel like just the yeah. fact that with her being there uh bianca you know biggie now raw like it feels like they've balanced honestly to the other side where last year smackdown was loaded uh we'll find out exactly how great roman reigns is and you know i think he is right now the best wrestler in the world but i mean he's got 
his work got out from because there is not many spars on SmackDown, but I, I think you're absolutely right. Raw has been a lot better and it will be. I mean, it's a lot easier to be better when you have, you know, some of the best wrestlers in the world on your show. Uh, moving on to face of the week for me, Xavier Rhodes. Uh, I, said, I said it twice. Xavier Woods. Uh, just the whole coronation, uh, him, what, what did he make? Was it made Kofi a prince or did he knight him? I can't remember. First night. First yes, night. He's a knight. Uh, just everything he's doing is great. And, you know, we talked about a couple of weeks ago, would King of the Ring work with a face? And the answer is normally no. And just like what the New Day has done for like the last eight years, they continue to surprise me and just outdo what they've been given and make everything special. And I was kind of upset about Finn Balor not wanting it because I really felt like he needed it more. But seeing what Xavier Woods has done the first uh, you know couple of weeks as King, uh, I'm actually excited to see where they go with this and what it leads to. And uh, he's definitely my face of the week. I'm going to double down on not only Xavier Woods, but I'm going to go uh, even go with Queen Zelina because at least what they're doing for the Queen of the Ring, at least for these first couple of weeks, is for both of these characters, they're making them seem important. Even with Zelina being the one to get the pinfall in this uh, tag team eliminator match. And with Xavier in the Friday night uh, match against the Usos being the hero of the match in the, of course, the one who comes and saves the day and, you know, gets the pinfall. So totally agree with you. Absolutely love what they're doing with um, Kofi and Xavier. Uh, I, this is where I uh, give all the flowers to Hangman Page. Uh, that's segment by all right should not have worked the whole thing with the march state puff marshmallow man i was like oh, that's a goofy costume and i marked out uh i'm i'm gonna give some high praise to adam page i have you know obviously punk and brian danielson are two of my guys uh i'm throwing hanging page in his number three i think that he all of this stuff has benefited the story him going home him losing i think that he needs now. He needs to win. They need to do that uh, so I can win my hundred bucks. But he he's absolutely there, and I think that even with a mediocre run for Kenny Omega, disappointing honestly, what I would call a disappointing title run, it will be a big goddamn deal. When he Not to go like Dennis Green, but payoff. he was what we thought he was. Okay, Sam. Kenny Omega. Yeah. Or Adam Page. Kenny Omega. <laughs> and we Sorry, did let him got, off the he hook. He had a huge spotlight and he had a horrible title reign. And they, they're in control. And we so let him off the hook. it's not like WWE. Let him off the hook. Uh, Hill wait, of the wait, week. wait, 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 wait. They're in control? His he problem is that he, he's not been selfish enough in his booking. If they had booked them, if they booked him like they booked the Young Bucks, he would absolutely be a million bucks. It's you don't not think he has say he's so in the way he's I don't believe that. I think he does. I just don't think he's selfish enough to be like, yeah, that's this not is self. That's, that's not selfish. That, it's been a bad advancing a story. Thing. That's not, I mean, that's just, it's selfish for him not to change what they've been doing because I mean, it's not been hard to tell. This has not really gone over. I mean, it, it anyway, I'll, I'll yeah, retract the the, is having, 
Anyway. Moving on to the Hill of the Week, let's talk about somebody that is a great champion and has had great title reigns, and that is Becky fucking Lynch. And I'm going to continue to pat myself on the back that this Hill turn was needed. She is fantastic. I love that you have Seth in all these horrible suits, and now Becky is stepping out with this outrageous outfit, the, the orange glasses that she had on Monday. I love that she's cheating to win, but it's flair cheating from back in the, it's smart cheating. It's removing the turnbuckle at the end of a match. It's holding on to the ropes or holding on to tights. And it's telling the fans, you know, I, I hear some fans booing me and I don't like just everything about her. The boos are getting louder each week. And I'm telling you, it's a slow burn, but it's working, and she's great. And this will make a moment for whether it be Liv Morgan, whether it's Bianca Belair, whoever it is down the road, when Becky is finally defeated, this heel Becky, after this title reign, it's going to help make another female star and I'm okay with her holding it until Bailey returns, and Bailey's the one to take it from her. Uh, th- there's just so many ways they can go with this, but Becky has been doing f- fantastic work. She's my hill of the week. Yeah, I 100% co-sign you there. Her and my heel of the week, her husband, have just leaned into their personas because, like I said, a month ago, I was really, really skeptical, and man like she just keeps digging in the push-up joke that she had did during her promo after she had won i was absolutely dying but seth rollins and i know you guys are going to touch on this more after winning that uh faux money in the bank contract so to speak um hit for his number one contenders i just absolutely love what he's doing putting himself back in there and just showing us why he's one of the future and remaining top stars of wwe for the foreseeable future uh i'm gonna go with the uh all-time heel great heel of the world for like the last five years and that's uh maxwell jacob friedman I, I, I thought that his promo was this week, this past week, there was one promo recently where he ago. was like to Sting being a bad friend. Yeah. Where he talked about yeah. Luger being yeah. Carolina. It yeah. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. I was legitimately like He might really hurt I, you. And, and I we've touched on we've touched on this, but you you have there are easy, cheap ways to get heat. We've seen I, I don't know if you guys watched when the Dudleys were heels where they would use homophobia and sexism and, you know, just go into the, the crowd. But fucking MJF doesn't do that. He really just does really good stuff. And I, I just, I, it, it's, it's difficult on a level that I can't imagine because it, it, you know, he talked about it where he had the sign you know, MJ, and I, I keep making the joke, but dude's going to propose to his girlfriend by cutting a heel promo. <laughs> or he's going to propose by being like, yeah, I'm cheating on you. Like, he's just a bastard. It's great. He's definitely the future. The, uh, yeah. He's, he's on another level. I mean, he, he really is. And, I mean, we can't say enough good things about him. I, I'm just, 
uh, and we'll get into that storyline, pay attention to. But I can't wait to just see how they book uh, him. You know, not only going into full gear for their match, but then moving forward after that. Uh, the promo of the week. There was a lot of good ones this week. Uh, I actually had a hard time. Yeah, there uh, were. Picking one. Uh, I do want to give a quick shout out to CM Punk showing some sign of life, uh, having his interaction with Eddie Kingston. I know that technically wasn't a promo, but it was just nice to see Punk fired up, which we really haven't seen that side of him yet since he's been back in AEW. But for me, and again, Brownell talked about how good Raw was, but that promo between KO, Seth Rollins, and Big E, wow. Seth Rollins looked Biggie in the eyes and said, you're great. You're a champ. You've done this, but you're going to have to realize you're not on my level. Uh, Rollins has like, really, it's, it's kind of shocking. Remember when the shield debuted, right? It was Ambrose can talk Rollins and Reigns. Eh. Who would have ever thought that what eight years later, you could argue that the two best talkers on the man's side, at least as heels, are Rollins and Reigns, which I would have never, ever thought we would get to that point. But anyway, then to see KO come down, I was glad that he listed all of his accomplishments. I love that these guys aren't just battling over the title, but they're battling over being Mr. Monday Night, which to me that shows that, hey, this program's important, something that WWE forgot about for a long time. And it's good to see them making that a focal point of, you know, their bickering. And then just the perfect heel move by Rollins and, and the perfect face move by Big E, where Big E's like, you know what? You want your title shot? Let's do it tonight. You know, the crowd's all jacked up. They're all chanting yes. And then, of course, Seth's like, nah, that's not going to happen. We're going to do it on my terms. You'd like that, wouldn't you? I loved also I added the, you know, I just fought in a Hell in a Cell match. I just fought in a Brutal Ladder match. Like, I'm not an idiot. You, you you would love that. I mean, it's just great work by all three guys. And I hope, as Ron L pointed out, this is something that's going to lead to Raw being better moving forward because it felt like the best Raw beginning to end in a long time Monday. And I'm actually excited to see some storylines move forward. Seth had an amazing command of the crowd. And I was paying, I was hanging on his word just to see, is he going to get 20, going to get 20? Nope. Let the crowd do what he does and then find his way in to get them to shut up he did amazing that was to me was only overshadowed by i want to shout out bianca and becky from the week before on monday night raw setting up their title match um they both used a, a great deal of uh kayfabe and realism to blend it together and I'm really proud of Bianca for being able to stand in there with one of the best talkers on the women's side. And she not only held her own, but, you know, told the story as it should and progress it to where it was. You know, unfortunately, it had to lead to her losing last night. But the two women did a really phenomenal job last week. And I just wanted to shout them out for my promo. Uh, this week. I was also with the KO Rollins Biggie promo. I just thought that that was. Was I wanted to go with CM Punk just as a troll uh, because I, I just thought that, you know, I, as, as I've said, I've enjoyed his, his comeback. And as somebody who really enjoyed people, you know, praising the Rock's comeback, it, it is my revenge. I'm shocked you didn't say Brian Danielson's promo before his Eddie Kingston match. I thought but, it was really good. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I did. I just, well, we'll get to why I didn't in a second. Okay. Well, match you the go, Do what? Yeah, I mean, I was going to say, like, do, yeah, match the week. Go ahead, Sam. Because I was going to throw my flowers. Brian Danielson, before he came to AEW, had a legitimate claim for being the best wrestler of his generation. The only person who comes close is AJ Styles. And AJ Styles had a long period where he didn't have the creative restraints that the WWE has on him. Daniel Bryan's gotten over better. I'm sorry, Brian Danielson got over better in the WWE than AJ Styles has. Brian Danielson has then con- come to AEW and week in and week out had bangers. Just great matches going back to like 2019. I mean, and for a guy who had to retire and take three years off, you know, going out there... And, and it's always been his skill. Eddie Kingston has never looked better than he did in that match with Brian Danielson. Is and it I just kind think of that poetic? It's that so I, I remember. It's it's HBK all over again, right? I mean, it's HBK who was you could say a lot of the same Brian things. He was an asshole to begin with. Well, but I'm saying I'm talking about. He's an absolute. Good, I know. I'm joking. I'm joking. Right, he's an absolute match machine. Yes, I'm going to definitely co-sign what you're saying there because that was definitely my match of the week as well i never thought i was going to be that guy to be uh given brian danielson this much praise because like i said i didn't get to see the american dragon pre-wwe i only got to see him after his rise and seeing him come back from his injury etc etc what i've been seeing in these past couple of months is just absolutely amazing you're right Eddie Kingston has never looked better, but his Brian, Brian, uh, gosh, Brian Danielson just knows how to make no matter what style look absolutely amazing in that. And he does it even when he wins is that you come, that that it's a real skill to come out of a match where you make your opponent Jericho's great at it, but HBK obviously was great at it. But Brian Danielson is just somebody who I remember the, the story that he told about, uh, with Nigel McGuinness, where Nigel McGuinness was always the guy who was going to go to WWE because that was what Nigel McGuinness wanted to do. And Brian Danielson just wanted to be like the guy who loved wrestling really purely. And I think that Brian Danielson has just gone and I'm like, okay, cool, bet. I did everything there is to do in the WWE. Now I'm just going to go and do what I love, which is have these awesome wrestling matches and make everyone look great. And I'm... I'll get into it in my storyline to pay attention to. Jesus, so, you're not done talking I, I, about Daniel yeah, Bryan? Yeah, this has been a joy for me. <laughs> Am I ever? No. <laughs> uh, I've been, well, by the way, I just want to point out, I've been watching this guy do this kind of stuff since I was a sophomore in high school. Okay, that's enough. That's enough. I am okay. about to be... Moving on. Ron, I'll go ahead. Your match of the week. No, I... Just co-signed that I was Danielson and oh, Eddie Kingston as well. Well, Sam talked for 10 minutes, so I forgot. Uh, Becky versus Bianca, to me, is the correct Another answer banger. from last night. Uh, Bianca is slowly, or actually I shouldn't say slow, she's quickly becoming, uh, you know, big match Bianca. I mean, every, every big match she has had uh, or been involved with in the last, like, year, year and a half has been incredible. She gives this kind of brought presence to the ladies division because she can do these feats of strength that honestly, I don't even think Charlotte can do. Uh, And I just thought it was booked perfectly. I know a lot of people are probably frustrated 
about Bianca, you know, losing again. And I understand that, but I was more upset about the Charlotte loss because of the way that played out than this loss to Becky, because Becky is being a champion that is a heel that is basically outsmarting all these people and cheating at the same time to win. And that was a brilliant finish. I've not seen that in a long time where, you know, she's trying to get Becky up for a finisher. She pulls off the turnbuckle, throws her right into it. And then I love that. Not only did she do that, she also held the tights, which just shows that Becky, and she said in her promo afterwards, like you got a lot to learn to beat me. And I do think that Bianca is going to beat her down the road. It's either going to be rumble or mania. And I think it's going to be a big payoff, man. And I, I, you know, we, we talked about it with hangman. I think it's going to work with Bianca as well. Uh, and hopefully that's where it's going. I do also real quickly just want to mention the ladder match the week before for a contract for the world or for the WWE championship that obviously Seth Rollins won. That match was incredible. And again, KO is a maniac. If you have not seen the video that somebody in the crowd took of that bump, oh my God, like it was so close to being so bad. And we would be having a totally different conversation about that match, but just absolute carnage. And it just, again, proves to me that WWE has its issues. Don't get me wrong, but when they get their top guys in the ring and just let them go, uh, it's great. And that's why sometimes I wish they wouldn't worry so much about the storytelling out of the ring and do what AEW does so well and do the storytelling in the ring because they definitely have performers that can handle that. Um, finally, the storyline to pay attention to, we talked about a little bit earlier or mentioned it, but I really am curious to see who wins the Darby MJF match because this is no offense to Jungle Boy or any of the other young guys in AEW. But these are the two guys. Like, these are the two young, you know, they're going to be known as AEW guys forever because most people did not know either one of these guys before they got in AEW, and they've blown up in it. You got Darby, the face, the ultimate underdog. You got MJF, the, the just amazing hill. And I, I do you think it's fair to say that it, it depends on who wins the title match that if Omega wins, you'd probably bet Darby might get the win and maybe face him down the road. And if hangman wins, MJF probably goes over and you see a hangman MJF match down the road. No, I can't necessarily say that because quite honestly, from what we were talking about earlier, you know, especially when you're touching on it, I think that Adam Cole should possibly be the first person to uh, take on hangman, which would be a, might be a little too much too soon, but um, I think that would be a great first challenger at the very least, uh, first program. I don't necessarily think that Darby has to win, but I think that it might be a good idea to get him over. So this one is kind of a toss-up because I honestly think that MJF definitely, after what happened with the Jericho thing, needs a big uh he would have wins against all the other young pillars. He called it over, right. He called it out. He he was the one that mentioned it. That I, you know, I beat all the young pillars, and obviously had to be reminded to meet Darby. So it would be just another feather in his cap. And to me, they you know, when you got that good of a heel, keep giving him all the you know feathers he can put in his cap as possible. Yeah, I think that uh, MJF is as good at talking as Sammy Guevara is bad. <laughs> I, uh, I I think that. I don't think, I think you put MJF over here. 
um, which ties into my uh, storyline you should be paying attention to, which is that Daniel Bryan's going to be wrestling Mox at full gear. And, and the questions that I have out of that, first of all, is who is Daniel? What is Daniel Bryan? Bryan mm. I mean, I'm doing it. What does Brian Danielson do if he beats uh, Moxley? Is he going, you know, if, if, if obviously we, we have the Omega, but what if we all think that Hangman's going to win, then what does that mean for Brian Danielson's character with the title shot? Well, you said are that we doing face versus to your face credit, versus? you you said this a long time ago that that would be part of how you build up Hangman and why he should get this title run. And I will agree with you now. I mean, if, if they're going to give him the bell, it would make a lot of sense to have him go over Brian Danielson and let him be. And the quite honestly, and quite honestly, I don't think it would it would even hurt Danielson that much taking that loss. Oh, he's he's bulletproof, especially if they wanted to do something where they had. The fuck finish with no, uh, don't do that. They need it. They need to have him go over him clean. And I mean, it's I not got to go over. Danielson clean. is not going to be hurt. You know, Punk. <laughs> I think is somebody that probably needs to win early. Danielson to me is just a he's so great in the ring and b you know he's the biggest star they've had. Uh, he he can't really do any wrong at this point. The the one question I have is, is I have come around. I have, this book actually has made me like Moxley more. Uh, if Dragon can't get a, you know, three star, more than three star match out of Moxley, I'm kind of, he, he is my new Randy Orton because Orton's off. I, I've been enjoying Orton with RKO, uh, RK bro. And, but if Moxley, you know, if they, if he forces Brian Danielson to wrestle that same garbage match that Moxley's been wrestling for two years, eh, I'm, just, I'm out on him. Well, my storyline to pay attention to isn't quite a wrestling storyline to pay attention to. This is more of a public service announcement. I think that we as wrestling fans really need to stop paying attention to ratings. Stop worrying about this. Like, finally, we're starting to get programming on every available wrestling night. And quite honestly, I am enjoying all of it i cannot um, i'm so over the aew versus wwe marks this that you want to talk about your demos etc etc yeah it made for a great nickname for chris jericho but outside of that honestly let's just stop i mean i'm again always thankful to the guys in the podcast group because we're not the ones who are just fawning over what this means, et cetera, et cetera, even though we will talk about it and we have great conversation in the group, but wrestling fans, leave it alone. We've touched on it so many times that there are so many different ways that people are getting their views between their social medias, between their YouTube pages and so on and so forth and their DVRs and streaming services. It's not the same anymore. Like Big E said on the Breakfast Club interview, you're not going to get 6 million people watching Monday Night Raw or any of these programs, at least not on Monday, Wednesday, or Friday. I'm, so I'm, let's give it I up. I just want to piggyback off of that a little bit and say that if you don't have a financial interest in those ratings, enjoy the shows and don't worry about them. And Rano, you need to let me know next time you have a PSA and I will make sure to get the breaking news noise. You know, the beep, 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 beep. You, you know, that would have been a one-time, That this would have, <laughs> 
been the one time that I could have literally used cut the music, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I blew it. I wish that it had ended with the the more you know star. Yeah, rainbow. Because let me tell you something. If there's something that wrestling fans need to hear, I don't need to hear some fucking Dave Meltzer wannabe nerd talking about like, oh, they did you know seven hundred. Like, I truly do not give the slightest bit of a fuck. About and I'm with Ronell on that, and he said it quite eloquently, so I'm not going to try to piggyback off of it anymore. All right, so we've made it to the end of this episode. I do want to remind everyone about the IB Sports Podcast Network, which is available on iTunes, Spotify, and Anchor. We got the Team Turnbuckle Facebook group, which we would appreciate if you join the IB Sports main page on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, as well as the Team Turnbuckle Twitter account, which uh, you should follow if you're not. But for Chief Keith Fleming, ravishing too many belts, Ron L. Tinsley, and Sam. God, he loves Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson. It's 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 kind of sickening how uh, this has been another edition of the Team Turnbuckle Podcast on the IB Sports Podcast Network. See you soon, guys. He's my Roman Reigns to your uh, to your. Uh, he's he's my Roman my version of your Roman Reigns. He wishes he was Roman Reigns. <laughs>